0: pay attention to chefs and restaurants and food media these days, it's pretty much a given that the chef is a visionary, and every plate is their artistic expression, and to imply anything else is an insult. But it really wasn't always this way. As a chef I talked to once said, well, you know, we used to basically be servants, and somewhere along the line we became geniuses. But Jacques Pepin is from the old school, a living legend who did as much as anyone to bring classical French cooking to the American consciousness. And he has always insisted that while cooking can be thought of as art, what's really important is the nuts and bolts of it. His new book is Poulet and Legume. Chef, thank you so much for joining us
1: today. Well, thank you for having me.
0: So I noticed in your new book, the very first recipe is for a simple roast chicken. No brining, no spicing, just a hot pan and a hot oven. And so let me ask you, why is a simple roast chicken such an iconic dish for French chefs?
1: Uh, for different reasons. It's like, uh, you know, an art-cooked egg, uh, something that there is no recovery if you <laughs> don't do it right. Uh, you know, it's so simple, uh, like a bread, you know, when you when you have a real bread made of, with flour and water and yeast, and uh, that's it. It has to be done right, otherwise there is no recovery.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's almost like a test. You're almost like testing yourself.
1: Yes. Of course, the quality of the chicken is... Very, very important. The quality of the the pan that you cook it in, you know, you cook that with a a thin uh, stainless steel pan, and the heat transfer is bad with a stainless steel, a thin pan. And so the, the juice which comes out and crystallizes in the bottom of the pan, that's what we call the glaze. And the process of deglazing is to add liquid to those glaze to release them and to create a natural juice. Well with a stainless steel pan, the glaze burns. So you have black spot there. And when you release those, those uh, juice, it's bitter because it's burned. Uh, so I mean, the quality of the pan, the quality of the chicken piece of butter, and, of course, a hot oven. That's all important, yes.
0: So, Chef, what kind of pan do you like to cook the chicken in?
1: If you cook dry, you know, sauteing a piece of meat or roasting a chicken or anything like this, you want the quality of the metal, thick, heavy aluminum, copper lineup so that you get crystallization of the juice and create a sauce. If you cook wet... That if you, you do a soup or you boil water for spaghetti or you do anything like that. Then you use stainless steel. A thin metal, it transfers very fast. It's good for wet cooking, not for dry cooking. So the chicken would have to be done thick, heavy aluminum or copper, something which is going to create a terrific natural juice for me. Yeah.
0: Cast iron. Do you like cast iron?
1: Cast iron, too, but cast iron, you can get, uh, you know, emotionally attached to your cast iron pan from your (laughs) grandfather or your grandmother, but uh, it's fine for a roast chicken, too, but sometimes when you create certain type of sauce, you have discoloration because of the iron, and sometimes it doesn't work out, but it's good, too.
0: You know, I love hearing you say this because it's one of the things that I learned in cooking school and also continue to learn, not just in cooking, but also in life. And that's uh, the more seemingly simple something is, the more you learn to see the different details that really matter that maybe you didn't even realize would have mattered before. Like you say, the quality sure. of the pan actually really matters. But so what separates in your mind a, a good cook from a great one?
1: First... I mean for me you start with technique, you know, because the technique that is the manipulation, you know, the, the the manual dexterity of a chef, for me is important. You have to become a technician first. Whether you're a shoemaker or a cabinet maker or a jeweler or a sculptor or a surgeon for that matter or a cook, you have to know your trade. Or whether you're a painter, I paint too. I mean you can't spend two years in a in art school and learn how to mix yellow and blue and to make green with that and do something with your thumb or with a spatula or with a brush, and after two years you can uh, you can stand in front of a landscape and do one painting after another. Does that make you an artist? Not really, but at that level you're a good technician. If you happen to have talent, however, in your hand, then the, what you know. The technique themselves uh, make you show that talent much better. And I know a lot of chefs, you know, in and I'm not saying that in a derogatory way. A uh, small restaurant who run a restaurant, do a good food cost and run the kitchen well. And they have not much talent, but they are good technicians. They can run the kitchen. The food is good. It's okay. Fine. But... Uh, if you happen to have talent and put a little love in it too then you get to someone like uh, you know thomas keller or jean Georges or daniel in new york or roland Passot here someone with a great chef you know mm.
0: and so for you when you're cooking uh maybe at home what are you enjoying cooking right now
1: i do i mean uh, i'm always hungry so as long <laughs> as i'm hungry i'm cooking and i've been married 50 years and for me uh, the end of the day is really sitting down with my wife and uh, sharing a bottle, sometimes two bottle of wine, and uh, having dinner. It's a ritual, you know, which is very important to us, and we've done that forever. But you see, years ago, certainly in the 50s and 60s, when I worked at the Plaza Athenna in Paris, or when I came to New York, the idea was to conform. The chef was not a star, you know? I mean, we are genius now. I don't know what happened, but... (laughs) uh, At that time, uh, the idea was to conform. So you work in a place like the Plaza Athenna in Paris, which was well-known, still known, for the lobster souffle that they used to do. And uh, I think we were uh, 50 chefs in the kitchen. I believe that the 50 chefs, any one of us could have done that lobster souffle, you would never have known which one had done it because it was a way of conforming. You would work somewhere with a great chef and you try to imitate, you try to learn the trade this way. So the idea was to conform yourself and learn in that way, uh, not to express yourself. That didn't really exist too much at the time. Now, of course, it's the opposite. The chef in the kitchen says, I want to sign that dish and make sure that people know I am the one who who created that dish. Uh, It gives certainly a great deal of pressure to the chef in the kitchen who has to kind of reinvent himself all the time and try to come out with something different or something new. I don't really find anything that exciting about something new in, because it's new by itself. I would rather have, again, a roast chicken or something like that, that I, I know I can go to that restaurant and each time is just about perfect. And, you know, to keep that level of consistency require a great deal of creativity at different levels because whether you like it or not, uh, there is no two chicken which are the same. Same amount of fat, the same amount of uh, freshness in it or whatever, the quality of the chicken, the quality of anything else. So each time, in order to get to that same dish and have the same taste each time, then you have minute Change that happened along the way, which are sometimes conscious and sometimes they are subconscious, you know. But you change to adjust, 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 and eventually you get there.
0: Yeah. You know, it's funny because sometimes the question I like to ask chefs and try to get at their philosophy sometimes I like to ask them, you know, is it more exciting for you to cook something new or to cook something again? And hearing you talk just makes me think, you know, the cook something again question. Is not really different than cooking something new, yes. because when you cook something again, it, if you learn all the technique and you learn to see the details, it's sort of cooking something new every time uh-huh. because you have to adjust every time.
1: Absolutely, and that's where you know a restaurant is made. You know, by being consistent and good each time you go, regardless of whether it's new or not. As you said before, it's always new to a certain extent because it's never really the same. We oui, shall. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> it's an incredible pleasure.
0: Jacques Pepin's latest book is Poulet and Legume, My Favorite Chicken and Vegetable Recipes. Jacques left us with a recipe for something a little more involved and a little less nerve-wracking than a perfect roast chicken. It's for one of his all-time favorites, chicken jardiniere. Find it at splendidtable.org. And while you're there, subscribe to our podcast.